0: Good morning everybody, yeah so we've had this great language and uh, this morning we're going to think about confession, (laughs) so just turn to the person next to you and tell them your deepest darkest secret and then we'll share uh, for 20 minutes, is that okay? No, seriously, we're not going to ask you to do anything embarrassing uh, this morning. Uh, But we are just going to take a little bit of time to think about confession. I'm going to speak for about 20 minutes or so and then we're going to come around the Lord's table. We're going to take communion together so we can corporately um, bring ourselves to God in our entirety. So I hope that sounds okay. If you've got a Bible with you, would you like to turn to Psalm 32? Because as I was preparing this morning, I thought this morning it would be good to just root ourselves in this psalm and just read it through together. So Psalm 32, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. And it's a psalm that has been written or attributed to David, King David, who himself uh, was not perfect. He made mistakes in his life and he needed to come to God and say sorry for the things that he'd done. And as some of these psalms are written, there's a little interlude from time to time. So I'm going to read a few verses, then we'll pause and see what we can get out of those verses, and then we'll carry on. So Psalm 32 says this, Oh, what joy for those whose rebellion is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. When I refused to confess my sin, I was weak and miserable and groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Let's just pause there for a moment. And that, that, that first word, oh, is what we experienced this morning. It's what David could not think of any other word than to express the joy and wonder of being in the presence of God was, oh, that is one Another modern translation, wow. Wow, the joy of those whose sins are forgiven. And I just want to draw out three principles from those first verses to help us contextualise confession. Number one, we come confident in the character of God. That's the beginning of confession. That's the beginning of where we say sorry to God It's not with us, it's with him. And we say, thank you, God, that you are merciful. Thank you for your character. That's why we have spent so much time thinking about thanksgiving and worship. Because it's so important to come into his presence confident in who he is. 1 John 1, verse 9 says this: if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to cleanse us from all wickedness. Isn't that fantastic? It is fantastic. It is. It is. All right. You don't have to say anything, but it is fantastic news. Pete Gregg in his book, How to Pray, and I would recommend that if you're starting out in the, in the life of prayer. Pete Greg says this, it doesn't matter what you've said or done. It doesn't matter what you've thought about saying or doing. It doesn't matter where you've been or who you've been there with. The grace of God is bigger than the sin in you. And I think this morning, there may be some people who just need to hear that. The grace of God is bigger than the sin In you. So, first of all, we come in confidence because God will forgive us. Secondly, uh, did you notice the word honesty in that psalm? It talks about honesty. We have to come to God honestly. We have to be honest with God and we have to be honest with ourselves about the things that we've done wrong. Now, this is not the same as the honesty that our son Joseph exhibited a number of years ago when he was small. And I do have permission to tell this story. (laughs) When he was very small, um, Joseph was the model child. He really was. And I hope he's listening. <laughs> Great, Joe. Uh, and when everything went wrong in our house, he would own up. And he'd say, I'm sorry. Uh, if something got broken, he would own up and he would say, I'm, I'm sorry. Some of the most difficult words to say, aren't they? I'm sorry. He's just said them. On one occasion, some soft toys disappeared from Naomi's room and reappeared behind the immersion tank in Debbie's room, <laughs> stuffed behind them. Naomi was not happy. Joseph said, I'm sorry. Great. We thought, what a model child. We call it Joseph the Confessor, we should should call him. (laughs) What great parents we are to bring up such a model child. And then it was only years later, as we were having a conversation around the table, Joseph said, you know what? I never did any of those things. (laughs) 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 What? (laughs) He said, no, no, I never, but I was taught it was good to own up. And nobody else was owning up, so I thought I'd better do it. (laughs) It's not that kind of honesty that God is looking for. He's not asking us to take on something we didn't do. He's asking to be honest about the things we have done, and the things we have thought, and the things we've admitted to say and admitted to do. Because those verses in 1 John 1, that that verse I quoted earlier, is topped and tailed by these verses, just in case we don't get it. Verse 8 says this, if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and are not living in the truth. Verse 10 says, if we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar. So we have to be honest with ourselves. Adam and Eve tried to conceal their sin. The Pharisees tried to pretend it wasn't there. We have problems with pride. We have problems with not taking responsibility. All of those things are part of what it is to be a fallen human being. And that's how it is so we need to be honest with God the person sitting next to you surprise is not Jesus the person on the other side of you is not Jesus either therefore the chances are the person to either side of you and you yourself have done something wrong over the last 24 hours chances are so let's be honest and then the third principle we can get from these first verses is it's good for us Confession is good for us. So we have to be careful when we read Psalms like this that we don't extract a principle that's not there. There isn't a principle here that says if you're having trouble sleeping, if you are not well, if you've got a problem in any area of your life, it must be because you've got unconfessed sin in your life. That's not the principle we get from this. This is David's experience. And we learn from our experiences and we share our experiences with others. That does not make a principle. The principle, I think, here is confession is good for you. For David, it was good for him when he confessed what he had done wrong to God. So we need to make sure we do that. I saw written on the internet, uh, this is what happens when we confess. Weight is lifted, barriers are removed, repair can begin, integrity is grown, community is inspired. So as we confess, we also avoid in ourselves the building up of the normalisation of poor behaviour and poor ways of thinking. If we're constantly coming to God and saying, I'm sorry about that, sorry I did that, then it stops us going further down that path. So is that okay so far? Sure? Okay, let's have a look at the next verse. Verse five is even better. Verse five says this. Finally, (laughs) finally, eventually I've tried everything else, but finally I confessed all my sins to you and I stopped trying to hide them. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. I love the simplicity of that. I confessed, you forgave. That's all it is. I confessed, you forgave. It was a struggle for David, finally. Maybe there's some people here or listening this morning where they are struggling to confess. They've been holding on to something for so long. Maybe today is your finally. Finally, I confessed my sin to the Lord. Let me give you two tools that might help you in confession. Number one, if you've, uh, again, Pete Gregg's book, How to Pray and, a, and an ancient tool, is the examine, the daily examine. And simply at the end of the day, you spend some time before God and you rewind the day in your mind. You just go through all the things that have happened in a chronological order and you find the places where God was at work and you say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for that cup of coffee with my friend. Thank you for that lovely walk that we went on. Thank you for the food that is in my ta- on my table. Thank you. And then you say to God, is there anything you would like me to repent of, to say sorry for, to confess? Is there any attitude I've held today? Is there anything I've done or not done where I need to say sorry? And just do a quick, sorry. I'm sorry, Father. And then reboot. And then say, Father, could you give me strength for whatever lies ahead tomorrow? So the examine is great. Another way you could do it would be uh, to take a passage of scripture like Galatians 5 verse 22, the fruits of the spirit. And you could use that as a tool say Holy Spirit will you show me if there's any way within me like David prayed if there's any way within me examine my heart is there any way I've not been loving is there any way I've not been joyful is there any way I've not been peaceful or patient or kind or good or faithful gentle self-controlled now God is really kind and he will not download nine sins into your head (laughs) based on every one of those things. He might encourage you to think of one thing, self-control. Father, I think you're talking to me about my self-control at the moment. I'm sorry if I'm not being as controlled as you would like me to be. And spend some time on that one thing. But use scripture to enable you to come to confession. R.T. Kendall, I love this quote, the author uh, and speaker R.T. Kendall, was asked about what the mark of spiritual maturity is. And he said for him, it was this, it was shortening the gap between the time he did something wrong and the time he confessed it. And he said for him, it started in years. And that might be true for some of us. There's something we did or haven't confessed years ago and we still need to come finally to confess. And he said he just wants to move it from years to year, from year to months, from months to weeks, from weeks to days, from days to minutes, from minutes to seconds. And the quicker we can sense that we've done something that grieves God, we say sorry, and we move on. I long to have that kind of maturity, I don't. <laughs> I long to have it, in fact, only the other week, Liz and I were helping out with something. Someone had asked us to help out, and we gladly agreed, we were doing it. And as we were helping out, the request came in to do a little bit more. More um, extra help was needed at that particular moment, and we needed to spend more time. and. Do a little bit more, and you'll be encouraged to know. My immediate reaction was, oh no. (laughs) 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 Really? (laughs) And 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 this might, I might get taken off the stage any minute now. (laughs) I I just got grumpy, and I got impatient for no good reason. Liz said, of course we're going to do that. Of course we are, and we did, and it was the right thing to do. But I needed, and it wasn't seconds, I'm afraid, it was a bit longer. I needed to say to God, and I needed to say to Liz, "I'm sorry. I was grumpy, I was impatient. And I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. So let's allow the Holy Spirit to uh, speak with us. Verse six. OK. Are you still here? All right? Let's go for verse six and seven then, which is even better. Therefore. Let all the godly confess their rebellion to you while there is time, that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. For you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. Uh, a few weeks ago, we did um, Academy and Levy taught us some ways of reading the Psalms. And one of them was Connection. And he said, find the connection between a psalm or a part of a psalm and other narratives, other parts of the Bible. And I think here David is looking back to Noah. I think he's looking back and thinking of the story of Noah and the ark and where God saw that the world was wicked and he determined to destroy everything apart from Noah and his family and uh, the selection of the animals. And so as we read these verses where we talk about not before it's too late... The floodwaters of judgment, hiding place, protection, surround me. I think he's looking back to Noah and using that as saying, you were faithful to Noah, you saved Noah in spite of all that was going on around him, therefore you will save me. And the great news is that we can do that too. But we don't need to go back to Noah or Moses or David or any of the other biblical characters, we look to Jesus. We look to the character of Jesus and we say, thank you, God, that we can come to you before it's too late. We can come to you and not go down in the floodwaters of judgment. We can come to you because you are our hiding place. We can come to you because you protect us from trouble and you surround us with songs of victory. So when we come and take communion in a few moments time, that's what we're doing. We're remembering Jesus and we're remembering his sacrifice on the cross, and we're remembering that he died and rose again, and by doing so, he defeated every single thing that we've done wrong. Amen, <laughs> amen. Told you, you got better. So let's remember to make our reference point for confession, Jesus, the one who offers forgiveness and mercy and grace. There is more grace in God than there is sin in you. And me. Wow, good stuff. Not me. This. (laughs) This is really good stuff, isn't it? Shall we look at verse eight? The Lord says, "I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Do not be like the senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control." I'll just pause there. So, so this is great in the psalm because God speaks back. It's not just David writing to God. It says, the Lord says. So this is a message from God to the psalmist. And I love it when God speaks back. It's fantastic. And what does God say? I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. It reminds me again, connection. It reminds me, Jesus talked about gates, didn't he? And ways. He said, I am the way. Jesus talked about yokes and burdens and being linked to him so that we go along the path that he wants us to go along. Confession is about making sure we're on the right path. Not the pathway of should I have this job or should I have that job, that's different. This path is, am I becoming more like Jesus? As my character growing? Are my behaviours changing? Am I becoming more and more like Jesus? That's the path I want to be on. A little while ago, or sorry, Proverbs 2 verse 8, he guards the paths of the just. He stay on the paths of the righteous, verse 20. Uh, when I spoke about Sabbath a few months ago, I don't know if you remember, I told a story about when I was going to the Alps um, when I was about 18, 19 years old, and the driver fell asleep in the car on the way. That same holiday, I was in a youth—I was in the youth hostel. It was just a weekend. I was in this youth hostel, and on my own, and I wanted to go for a walk. So I said to the youth hostel person, what's the best walk around here without a car or anything like that? And they said, well, it's simple. You go out of the youth hostel, go up the road, turn left along a forest track, walk along the forest track for some time, and then eventually it will start bearing round and round and round and round, and, round, and you'll do a great big loop, and then you'll come back to the youth hostel. Perfect. And, he said, and I think he said, just, just, just to help you, uh, the trees are marked with red and white splodges as you, as you go along the path. So that will help you. So I thought, ideal, can't go wrong. No, this is the days before phones, so no mobile phone. I didn't have a map, um, nobody knew where I was going. <laughs> not the greatest safeguarding situation. And so off I went, and it was beautiful. Just imagine the sun shining, the clouds in the sky, mountains all around me, trees, walk through this forest, red and, green, uh, red and yellow, red and white splodges on the trees. What's not to love? And then as I was walking along, there was a tree just off to my left, just off the path, with a red and white splodge. And I thought, oh, okay. Well, the person at the youth hostel said red and white splodge, so I'll follow the red and white splodge. So off I stepped and onto the red and white splodge. And then there was another tree with a red and white splodge. So I carried on following the red and white splodges. Um, And what I was failing to notice was the path was getting less distinct. And it was becoming markedly steeper. Going down. And I got to this point where I thought I was just going from tree to tree. I can't feel, there's not really a path here. And then there was one more tree, just before you could see the sky. There was one more tree with a red and white splodge on it. And there's something in me that thought, I'm not going to go to that tree. I think I've done enough. I think I'm going to turn around and go back, see if I can find where I've gone wrong. So I turned around and it was almost vertical, <laughs> this path that I'd come back got to get back so I started climbing up literally on all fours climbing up pulling trees holding on to roots eventually following the red and white splodges back again I got to the path sigh of relief carried on going around sure enough there was then a loop and it came around it came around it came around and I was walking back towards the youth hostel and as I was going along this path I looked to the left and there was this massive cliff just like that really huge cliff and I thought that's a huge cliff and I looked up at it, and at the top of the cliff, there was a tree with a red and white splodge on it. And I thought, that's where I was. <laughs> I was two or three steps away from the cliff edge. I'd followed the wrong path. I'd followed the wrong markings. I'd taken, I'd taken my eyes off the path that God, or the path that I was supposed to be following, and had been attracted to something else. Because confession is not just about what we say, sorry to God, it's about what we call Repentance. It's about saying, I'm going the wrong way. I need to go the right way. I need to be on that path. And sometimes we've only just taken a small step off the path, a bit like when we did the 10 Commandments and we talked about the fairway and the rough. I've just gone a little bit off on the right. I'm sorry, I'm back on. Sometimes the journey may be longer. Now God will forgive whatever we've done. He will forgive us. But sometimes we may fall back. Sometimes we may need other people. We may need help in order to to maintain the direction of travel that God wants us to do. I just want to finish with verses 10 and 11. If we've got the slide with the cycle, if we could pop that up. And Beth, would you like to come up with the, the band? Many sorrows come to the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. So rejoice in the Lord and be glad, all you who obey him. Shout for joy all whose hearts are pure. It brings us back to where we started. Oh, what joy for those who are forgiven. And we have this cycle. We confess that Jesus is Lord, as we did at the start of the service. We confess that God is king and provider. And as we focus on that greatness, we realise and invite God to show us areas in which we are not as as he would like us to be. And then we come to our own personal confession and we say, I'm sorry. And as we receive his forgiveness, We then focus back on him and say, oh, the joy of our merciful, forgiving Father. And the cycle starts again. So can I invite you to stand? I'm not gonna ask you to do anything embarrassing. I'm not gonna ask you to turn to the person next to you. In a while, we're going to come to communion. But before we do that, I just wanna bring us to a place where we can say sorry to God. Now, some people... At this point, you may feel more comfortable sitting down. That's fine. Just you can take your seat again in a minute if you'd like. Some people you may prefer to kneel. Some may want to stand. Think about what you're going to do with your hands. And this might be new to some of you, but what we do with our hands can sometimes express what's going on in our heart. We can put our hands in front of us with our palms upright as a way of surrender. We can put them by our side but with palms open and think to ourselves, my palms are open, I'm open to God. Or we can clench our fists, which might suggest we're resisting. Or We can put our hands in our pockets, which might just say, I'm just disengaging at this point. Think about what you want to do with your hands. There's no pressure to do anything, but just think about what your body is saying to God right now. James 5, 16 says, confess your sins to one another and and pray for each other. And we don't have time to go into that verse today. We might put it in the connect group notes. But Alec Motia says there are three types of confession. There's public confession, where something we've done just affects the whole community. And we need to stand up on the stage and say, sorry, Though we're not doing that today. There's private confession which is maybe where we've said or done something wrong to another person. And then it's right to go to that person and say, sorry, please would you forgive me? And just as the music plays and we start to sing it, maybe you've had an angry word with somebody this morning on the way in, in the car. Maybe you just wanna lean over to somebody and say, I'm sorry. And then there's secret confession. It's confession that's just between you and God. And I'd invite you to do that now. Holy Spirit, come and see if there's any way within us. Is there anything we've said, done, or thought? And hold that, say sorry. There's no great formula. I confessed my sin, he forgave me. You don't have to rehearse it thousands of times. Once is enough. you've said or done whatever you've thought about saying or doing wherever you've been whoever you've been there with the grace of God is bigger than the sin in you oh what joy for those whose sins are forgiven Maybe something from years ago, months ago, weeks ago, days ago, minutes ago. Doesn't matter. Bring it to the Lord.